Welcome to the Perimenopausal Mamas podcast for hormonal mamas who want to reclaim their own natural state of health to thrive and raise healthy kids. I'm Dr. Lisa Weeks, naturopathic doctor in Toronto, Canada, and I'm a perimenopausal mama to my little boy named Stuart. And I'm Dr. Tony Reed, naturopathic doctor, birth doula, and hypnobirthing educator in Calgary, Canada, and I'm a perimenopausal mama to my little girl, Frankie. Thanks for supporting us for the past 100 episodes. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also support us by visiting our Patreon page, where you can find out how you can join us for our monthly patron webinar, where we do a deeper dive discussion about all things perimenopause. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not meant to substitute professional medical advice. Always consult with your licensed healthcare provider. Welcome back, everyone, to the Perimenopausal Mamas podcast. It's Dr. Lisa here. I'm solo today. Uh, next time we'll be uh, doing an episode together, Tony and I. Um, but I wanted to give you some ideas of how to make this a nourishing holiday because this can be a really stressful time of year. We can take on a lot of expectations that we have of how the holidays should look. We can take on a lot of family traditions. We do things the way they've always been done because that's what we you know think we need to do but this is going to be an episode about how to step back how to press the easy button how to make sure you are going at a pace that feels right for you and not taking on too much because we don't want to start the new year feeling totally depleted and exhausted we want to feel our best going into 2024 so how can we do that? How can we create a little intention, a little space and time to just make sure we get the most out of the holidays and we remember what's important? So as you're listening to this episode, you could be jotting down some notes because I'm going to talk about different things to consider. And if you don't have time right now, if you're driving and listening to this podcast, well, then when you get home, just get a piece of paper and write down some of the ideas that pop up as I'm going through some of these suggestions. So it's going to be a sw short but sweet episode, but I think you're going to get a lot out of it. Um, so I want you to do what's called the stop, start, and continue exercise. You may have done this with your work or if you've seen a coach before, but thinking about what is something that you want to stop doing over the holidays. Maybe you've always hosted that holiday party and your friends expect it and maybe you enjoy that and that's okay so you can continue doing that but let's say you host the holiday party every year and you're dreading it and it feels like a lot of work and then when the party happens you know you get to have these small moments with your friends but you don't really have the time to connect authentically because you're kind of running the show behind the scenes so maybe that's something you want to stop doing looking at what you are doing and if it's not serving you, can you stop it or recreate it and do it in a different way, right? Maybe instead of hosting the holiday party, you plan a holiday lunch where everybody goes out together and shares a meal or it becomes a potluck. Something to make it easier. So you think about what you want to stop. 
And maybe for some, it might be overindulging in alcohol. Maybe you find you're drinking alcohol every night and then you wake up and you don't feel well. Setting an attention and an intention around how many drinks you're going to have or how many nights out of the holiday you're going to have drinks might set you up for better mornings and just feeling a more stable mood, um, stable energy overall. What's something you want to start doing? Let's say it comes to January 1st or the end of the two-week break, and you're like, oh, I wish I got to the spa. I wish I saw that friend and went for that walk. I wish I went to that ski resort for a day. Think about something that you want to do over the holidays, but that you haven't been able to fit in and figure out if there's a way to incorporate that this year. What's going to fill up your cup? Maybe you get that afternoon off to go to Body Blitz here in Toronto or the Nordic or Scandinavian spa. So you have time to connect and relax. Maybe it's in solitude. Maybe it's with a friend or a sibling that you can vent to and then have a good laugh with. Starting, even setting aside a little bit of time each day over the holidays to pick up that book you've been reading, sit in a quiet room with a nice cup of hot tea or hot cocoa, and read five, 10 pages every day, more if you can. So think about what's going to fill up your cup. And it could be something as small as reading a page or two of your favorite book every day, or planning an afternoon or a day or an overnight getaway to to have some time for yourself. And then you can make a list as well of things you want to continue. What are things you're doing that you're really enjoying? So I used to make Stuart an advent calendar every year and I enjoyed it until I didn't. And I was like, you know what? I don't have to do this every year. And he really loves just getting the chocolate ones. And we get that 24 good deeds advent calendar where each day you open up a little window and it tells you how you're helping somebody around the world. I was like, you know what? That's that's enough for him. I don't need to have these little individualized gifts or presents in an advent calendar that I've made. Um, So I'm not continuing that. I guess that's typically my stop. But, you know, up until this year, I did enjoy it. So I was continuing it. So think about what you like doing over the holidays and keep that up. I also like to have a mantra. It can change every year or sometimes I have more than one. One of my favorites is it's a good enough Christmas. We have this idea that Everything needs to look a certain way. We need to have all the lights up outside. The tree needs to be decorated perfectly. We have to have five different desserts, 10 different Christmas cookies laid out when people come over. But do we really? Do we really need that? Like at the end of the day, it's about how we feel and our interactions with those around us. It's about those moments of sharing, of joy, of wonder, of supporting each other. So one of my new mantras, or well, it's not new, I've had it for a little while, is a good enough Christmas. Remembering why I'm doing things and then pressing the easy button when I can. Do I have to make it as difficult as I always have? What are people really going to remember? Some other good mantras that I've come across include, may I honor my energy levels. A lot of times we grin and bear it, we push through, 
as I'm getting older, I'm I'm tired of pushing through. I want to listen to my body. And granted, there's times when I have to push through, but there's times when I don't because I have these self-imposed expectations on myself. So how can you honor your energy levels? And if it's like, you know what, the day that I was supposed to bake 10 different Christmas cookies, I'm tired. I'm going to bake two different Christmas cookies and I'm going to decorate them all a little bit differently. So how can you honor your energy levels and press the easy button? And remember what really matters. If you're going to be depleted, you're not going to enjoy the holidays. It's not going to be as enjoyable for those around you either. Another good one I came across was I choose uplifting encounters and move away from negativity. We are going to have to see people most likely, that you that you might have a difficult or challenging relationship with. If you have choices to spend time with people who fill you up, that's one thing. But a lot of times there are family gatherings where there may be family members that you have to get together with that know how to press your button or that deplete you. So having that mantra can really make a difference. Yes, they're there. But maybe you focus on connecting with the people who you're going to have uplifting encounters with and limiting the interactions with those people where they might be a little bit more negative to a few minutes here or there. Maybe you chat for a few minutes and you say, oh, I got to go help so-and-so pass around the hors d'oeuvres. So not having that boundary breached that is then going to cause you to be depleted. This is also about setting boundaries, setting a time limit or limiting the time you have to spend with those you see. So instead of starting Christmas dinner that you're hosting at 3 p.m. and it goes till 11 p.m., Maybe you do a drop-in for a two-hour window where family or friends can drop in and you have some food laid out. They can bring some drinks if they want, but it's a shorter amount of time. So there's less likelihood of arguments of that added stress. Or maybe when you're spending time with those difficult people, it's around an activity. So there's a distraction. Maybe it's taking a pottery class together, going snowshoeing, learning how to ski together or skate together, going to a holiday show or movie, and maybe going for a coffee or tea after. So set a time limit and make it more about enjoying the activity as opposed to putting pressure on you getting along for an extended period of time. We also want to make sure that we don't overschedule. I used to do this all the time. Every day and night had to have a plan and I got burnt out, I think, as anybody would. So really prioritizing those activities and gatherings that are going to fill you up and creating some white space in your calendar and your vacation time. So you can do what you feel like doing. So you can be spontaneous. I find that is so nourishing when You can get up and slowly ease into the day and see what you feel like doing. See how the weather is, check in with everybody and take it from there. We often take on a lot ourselves. So another strategy to make this a nourishing holiday is to ask for help. Do you get your Christmas dinner catered? Do you get the turkey pre-cooked and everybody brings a side? 
If you can't afford a cleaner year round, you get a cleaner a few times over the holidays because you know people are going to be dropping in and you don't want to be spending your free time keeping the house in order. Can your kids or your partner take on some of the tasks or chores? They may already be helping, but if they're not, how can they take things off your plate? I talked about creating space and time, having those moments of quiet time, of pause. If you compare it with seeing a friend or loved one who you can vent to, right? You go for a walk, maybe there's a group of friends and you all share one of the struggles you're having over the holidays and you all just listen to each other. You don't try to fix it, but you're making those short interactions that you have authentic and nourishing. And is there a way to practice gratitude? I know for some people, this is a really lonely time. It can, you know, there may be, it may be a time where you've lost loved ones or it brings up memories of really stressful or difficult Christmases. And you want to be able to sit with those emotions, give yourself the time and space, and then get support for those feelings and those thoughts and experiences by booking in with a therapist or counselor. So leading up to the holidays, maybe you book a few extra sessions. Maybe you journal a little bit more. You reach out to a friend. And then also then looking at how can you help those in need? If you're feeling lonely, if this is a tough time of year, you know, honor that, spend some time doing what you need to do. But then maybe it's like, okay, can I support somebody? How can I help those who are homeless or who have less than I do or who are in unfavorable situations? So can you volunteer your time to support a food bank to help feed the homeless, deliver or create gift baskets to give to families in need? So that'll help shift our perception and state to one of potentially gratitude. But we know giving actually gives a lot back to ourselves. And even if you're looking at the holidays and thinking, oh, I can't see my family. They you know, live far away or somebody gets sick and you can't see them. That's going to be hard. That's really going to be difficult. Also looking at in these tough situations, is there anything to be grateful for? So even in the darkest of times, sometimes being grateful for having shelter or running water or drinking water can put things into perspective. Of course, you want to honor those feelings you're having, but then looking at, okay, what are a few things I'm grateful for and how can I pay it forward to those in need? It doesn't have to be a big gesture. Maybe it's you even writing a letter, sending a card to someone who you know is going through a really difficult time, texting them even, Um, just knowing that something so small can make a huge difference in someone's day is most likely going to help lift your spirits as well. So we've done the stop, start and continue exercise. Coming up with a mantra is definitely really great to have. Um, giving yourself what you need and setting boundaries and not overscheduling, asking for help, practicing gratitude, and finding space and time for quietness, mindfulness, and venting is going to be so key. But then if we look at our physical body, right? What sort of foods are going to nourish you? I know if I don't eat a breakfast with protein, 
my energy and my mood is thrown off for the whole day. And I just feel unsatiated and I reach for unhealthy foods. So I start my day with a higher protein breakfast. And then if I eat out or at a friend's house, my body is better able to handle it and not have the blood sugar rushes and crashes and cravings and all of that. Making sure, you know, if you're going out and there's lots of great options to choose from, making sure you're being intentional about what you're eating, right? Picking the dessert that you really love and savoring it and eating it slowly and mindfully without guilt instead of, you know, standing up and eating all these little mini tarts or desserts while you're not even realizing you're eating it. Maybe you're standing up in the kitchen, cleaning up after the party. You're zoning out in front of a movie or TV show, and you don't even really taste those desserts. So being present and in the moment and enjoying your food and eating slowly is just going to allow your body to give you those cues that tell you you're satiated and that you've had enough. Looking at, yeah, not going to a holiday party totally ravenous and not skipping meals. I've heard of people doing this, right? Where they don't eat breakfast or lunch that day because they know that they're going to eat a lot of the appetizers and have a huge dinner. That is going to set you up for choices that may not make you feel the best and your blood sugar is going to be all over the place. So still nourishing and having your regular meals. Maybe they're a little bit smaller right before a party, um, but getting something in your system so that you go and you can make choices based on what you want as opposed to that ravenous hunger where there can be that feeling of loss of control. I also want you to think about what sort of movements, what sort of activities, exercises do you want to get in? What's going to be fun? You know, maybe you aren't going to be going to the gym because you're going to be with your family, you're going to be at the cottage, or you're going to be at your parents' place at a town. But thinking about what you need to do to feel good in your body. Maybe you do a modified short exercise class online in the morning. You get up early or you sleep in and you do it as the kids are getting their own breakfast. And you do 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes of some of the exercises you love to do. Maybe you engage more in activities with your family and friends. You decide to go skating and skiing and snowshoeing. You go for a nice family hike. You toboggan and walk up the hill. All of these things add movement. So we feel good in our body and that feeds forward into good quality sleep, good food choices, releasing stress. So maybe we don't reach for, you know, that too, that extra glass of wine because we're feeling totally wired up or anxious. So just thinking about what you need and what makes you feel good. Maybe you have a dance party with your family. Maybe you do that several times over the holidays, but really have that intention to do things in your body that make you feel good. Also really thinking about what rest and relaxation looks like over the holiday. Maybe you do enjoy staying up till midnight watching the holiday movies or the holiday baking shows. But thinking about, you know, maybe it's worth it sometimes. But if you're feeling like really off the next day and your energy is totally depleted, thinking, okay, maybe I'll go to bed half an hour earlier so that I get a better sleep and I have a little bit of time for myself in the morning. It's always a compromise as a parent, right? Before having kids, it 
I don't think we realized, but we had way more time, almost all the time in the world outside of our work schedules to do what we want to do when we want to do it. But as a parent, it's compromise. If you're going to feel more nervous staying up late and watching that movie, great, go ahead. For me, if I don't get to bed at a decent time, I'm going to pay for it for the next day and maybe even the day after. So we were just at a family party on the weekend and we were the first ones to leave. We left by 10. The party went on until midnight. And sure, it would have been fun to stay. But I know for myself, I felt so much better getting still a decent sleep. It still wasn't quite enough because I automatically wake up at the same time anyway. Um, but I just felt so much better the next day than if I stayed out till midnight. But again, if that fills your cup up and you're fine the next day, by all means do that, but really just look at it and question it and then make a conscious choice, not doing it because that's what you always do. And finding time for rest in the day, not just pushing through, jam-packing your schedule, reading that book for five minutes, lying down and doing a five, 10-minute meditation. This is always surprises me at how much this resets my nervous system and my mood, and then I have more sustained energy for the rest of the day. And I'm not reaching for too many snacks where I feel like I need that for energy. Sometimes your, your low energy is just a sign that you need to take a little break. Whereas before I used to always think, oh, it must mean I need more food. And sometimes that can be the case, especially if you're not getting enough protein or you're skipping meals. But sometimes you just need to take a few minutes of rest and that can really reset your nervous system. And then I also want you to think about what relationships you want to focus on over the holidays. There's the ones that we need to focus on. There might be some obligations there. But is there a relationship you can nourish that maybe you've let go to the wayside? Maybe you plan a date night with your partner. Maybe you see that friend you haven't seen in six years and you spend a couple hours together or you set up a Zoom call if you're across the country from each other. But thinking about the relationships that you can invest in or focus on what foods are going to nourish you? How can you have some sort of routine around eating? What movements are going to help you? What fun activities you want to do? And looking for those moments of pause as well. And on the flip side of that, just acknowledging what drains you. And I think it probably already came up as we were talking about these other examples. But yeah, do you find you drink too much alcohol? You have too much sugar and that depletes you? Um, are you staying up too late? One big one is scrolling on Instagram or on social media and comparing your holidays and your experiences to the highlight reels of other people's holidays and experiences. That can be really depleting, that comparisonitis. Um, comparisonitis. I don't know exactly how to say it. I kind of made up the word, but um, we don't always know what's going on behind the scenes when we see that perfect family video of everybody skating together at the outdoor skate trail. We didn't see what happened before that, the arguments to get to the skating trail, the meltdowns of not being able to put their skates on without them being too tight, all the falls and crying and complaining about being cold. So really avoid those instances where it's going to make you feel bad looking at other people enjoying, in air quotes, potentially, their holidays. And maybe they are, and that's fine too. But zoom out and put a different lens on it or just avoid 
scrolling and comparing and scrolling and comparing. Another thing that can deplete you is perfectionism. So moving to that mantra of good enough Christmas. If someone's going to judge me because I don't have Christmas lights up or my house isn't perfectly clean, that's fine. That's on them. Whereas before, I would think that would be a flaw on me. So I think as we get older, we start to let go of the opinions of others and recognizing why you're doing the things you're doing and what's really the most important at the end of the day is those interactions, how you're feeling, enjoying yourself and connecting. So hopefully that gave you some things to think about as we're entering into the prime of the holiday season. I really hope you take the time, the few minutes, to just brainstorm about how you can nourish yourself by using some of these practices. And it can be simple, right? You don't have to do all of it. Every little bit makes a difference. And maybe each holiday season, this can be even used for vacation time too, whether it's a staycation or when you go on vacation, but just layer in as you go. So wishing you all a healthy and happy holiday season. So now we'll move to the next part of the podcast. I'm going to share my super mom moment. So being a mom, we sign up through the city of Toronto for Stuart's activities, you know, for spring, for fall, for summer, for winter. And I was like, wait a minute, I want to sign up for an activity. I want to learn something new. And I've been really interested in learning or taking a pottery class. So I saw that the city of Toronto is offering a nine-week pottery class on Monday nights for two hours. So I signed up for that and I can't wait for it to start in January. So that's going to be some time for myself to get away, to learn something new, and to get out in the winter, right? It can be more challenging to get out. We can make excuses because the weather's bad or it's cold or we're tired. So that's a little later than I probably would have normally planned, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to commit. And I'm sure it's going to be rejuvenating and calming and just what I need to help get through the long, cold, dark winter. My mama mess up. I bought Stuart's winter boots a bit too early, and now he's grown again. Of course, right? They grow like weeds when they're, he's almost seven now. So his boots are too small. So the first snowfall came. Luckily, it wasn't one that was going to last all day because it warmed up later in the day, but he couldn't wear his snow boots because they were too small. So note to self, I guess there's something being too prepared. If you buy the clothes, the boots way too early, it may not fit them. So I just ordered some online from Joe Fresh. Hopefully they fit him. Hopefully they come on time. But I guess worst case, I'll just take him back to Joe Fresh and he can find a pair that he likes. My mama must have is updated and working technology. So I'm not a person who needs to have the newest iPhone or I don't even need to have like the top computer out there. But I do like things to be functional. But I do also hold on to technology until I have to switch. So that's what happened with my computer. I've had it for 10 years. And I think for computer years, that's ancient. I didn't realize how much it was slowing me down and how much it was frustrating me because it took me so long to do social media posts on Canva, just to open up you know, email, to respond, reply. 
I was just like, well, maybe this is just, you know, technology has been slow, but I didn't realize how fast it's gotten. So I bit the bullet. I got a good deal for the Black Friday sales and I got a new computer and it's not top of the line by any means, but wow, I'm blown away by how much time I'm saving and how much easier my tasks are. So I really wish I did this sooner. So my mama must have, must have is having some updated technology that is going to make your life easier and you're going to get your tasks done quicker. So thank you for listening, everybody. You can email us or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love you to subscribe, leave us a review and a five-star rating if you enjoyed this episode. You can also support us by visiting our Patreon page. Please tell your perimenopausal mama friends about us too. So stay safe and healthy, everybody. Until next time. Bye.